Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City. It's a beautiful Sunday morning here at the bright red desk. Got the window open because it's not like 3 million degrees outside. Uh, it's it's balmy almost, we could say. Uh, and this is the weekly weather for the week of October 12th, 2018. And the good news is the eclipses are leaving. They are leaving. We got another two weeks of them as they go out. But we had the last one yesterday morning, bright and early, and we are now officially departing eclipse season. This still means we got some juice. And this eclipse that we had yesterday was a, a big old juicy eclipse for manifesting in Leo. And and somebody read me, um, somebody sent me something about um, don't manifest using the eclipse energy. It's too dangerous. Um, and they quoted someone who rep who uh, who referenced kind of black magic. I guess the right word would be. And I said, well, you know, the whole point of being cautious on eclipses is because the energy is unpredictable and you don't really know what's going to happen and how it's going to work. And so if you're, you know, they marked, they said the magus, which is the word for magician, because I just did introduce that movie at the Rubin a couple weeks ago, the magus would block out the days of the eclipses so they wouldn't do magic then. And I'm like, well, they blocked them out because you can't predict what's going to happen with eclipses when they're when you're trying to do something that's, uh, say, black magic controlling the energy or casting spells or whatever. But on the other hand, when you're trying to say, gee, I want to look at something that's positive and I want to create something moving forward in my life, um, I find them incredibly powerful for doing that. So they they have this enormous uh, booster engine kind of, of, you know, there's regular new moon every month in your chart someplace, and what eclipses do is they act as a booster engine. And good or bad, they booster engine you. Now, this particular eclipse that we just had on Saturday morning is a really powerful booster engine for good. It's a juicy little old fellow. And, uh, you know, I would encourage you today, tomorrow, while the moon's in Virgo, to go forward and um, dig out your your candles. And it's a fire moon. Uh, and say, hey, you know, I want to... I want to work with this energy of creativity. Leo, of course, is the sign of the exaltation of the sun. So it loves being in Leo. And this particular eclipse has a lot of planet. It, it does a phasing uh, that start, started yesterday morning. And the next one is May 11th next year. And then February 9th of 2020. And then November 8th of 2020. So I got asked to be... Uh, I got asked to speak in Tuscany next May on the dates, actually, during the under this eclipse energy. Um, the energy of the eclipse has four T-squares, and T-squares are action-oriented, you know, get stuff done, so those are helpful. And they're using some interesting planets, Mars and Uranus and the North Node. You know, how do I get stuff moving out in the world? How do I release stuff? a T-square about the moon and partnerships and relationships and seeing them clearly. How many of you have seen your partner in a new light or people that you work with in a new light, people you partner with in any way, shape or form, you've seen them differently? There's two grand trines. There's a grand trine in fire, 
which is uh, very creative and also very obviously burning California and thoughts and prayers to our California folks. It, it does involve Vesta, which is the home and hearth, so be conscious of the fact that the energy is uh, you know, concentrated on fire at home. And then there's a grand trine in Earth, uh, with Pluto and Juno in Ceres, and normally Pluto and Ceres don't get along. Now they're cooperating and partnering, actually, with Juno. Um, there are five hammers of Thor. Now, hammers of Thor are really interesting configurations because they, they consist of a square and a handle, right? So the square part's the business end of the ham- hammer, and then the handle's how we wield them. So there's a handle of, and so what hammers of Thor do is they're able to smite things from your life, <laughs> where they go, you, you go, I'm done with that, and they go, okay, let's smite it, you know. And I always like that word smite. It just feels like what it sounds like it would do, right? Um, Thor used to smite the top of the mountains, knock them off, and say, okay, let's smite that puppy. And uh, so you're, you've got the ability now to smite stuff in your life. Right and or get it out of your life, get it out of get it out of the room, um, and so in that capacity it says, okay, you know what is what is uh, what does smite do, right? Um, what is what is the uh, the dictionary definition of smite? Um, and we we understand that we're working with powerful energies when we've got not one, not two, not three. Not four, but five hammers of Thor. And he used to send that puppy out to knock off mountaintops. And then it would come back and sit down and play beautiful music and make jewelry. And when someone came in that the hammer didn't like, it would kind of growl, you know. And Thor would say, you know, my hammer doesn't like you. And the person would go, is that a bad thing? And the hammer would go, yeah, it actually is. Thor would say, yeah, it's a bad thing. So from the literary version of Smite, it means that he's strike with a firm blow, but it also means to be strongly attracted to someone or something, right? So you can kind of use it in in multiple ways. It's a distant relative of the Scottish word meaning smit, to stain, contaminate, or infect. In addition to the straightforward strike and attack, smite also has a softer side uh, where he invites us to affect us as if by striking, right? So um, we're now working with smite as the five energies of smiting. And Matt was clearly smitten with his bride-to-be, right? So that's smiting in a positive way. Um, Next up, the five hammers of Thor. Uh, There's Sun, Moon, Mercury. Pallas Athena is square to Jupiter and the business end of that hammer and Chiron is the handle. Venus and Saturn are the business end. And Juno, you know, are you staying in this partnership? Is it giving you what you want? Saturn, Chiron, Moon, Sun. Saturn and Chiron is the business end. Is the structure wounding you? Do you want to get rid of what wounds you? The handle part is Sun, Moon, Palace, so you can shine. Uh, Juno Moon is the business end of the thing. Are you emotionally in business? Juno, squaring Sun Moon Palace is the business end of the the hammer, and the handle is Saturn. Is this partnership good for the long run? You're committing up for another seven years, two and even two and a half, three years. 
um, so those are the uh, those are the four hamels, and the last hammer is the South Node and Uranus. Uh, and the business end is series. So the South Node says, "What do you want to let go of to be able to create what you want? What's what's the creation? What energy is blocking your creation? What do you need to South Node let go of Uranus by changing, blowing up, exploding, so you can create? So those are the five hammers. They're big." And then we have two kites. Those both work off of the um, the grand trine in Earth. One takes you towards Jupiter. The other one takes you towards Neptune. And they move. The, so the Earth and water manifest. So those fast-moving manifestors. And then there's a Healy, which is kind of a helicopter thing. Flies you in, flies you out. And there, you know, there's a bunch of them. Uh, diamond, you know, the crystalline structure in our life that encourages us, you know, the sharpest, strongest stone and then last but not least, there's the finger of God uh, with the moon, sun, Pallas, Athena as the apex and Pluto and Neptune as the, the legs. And then finally, two mystic rectangles. And mystic rectangles are where you're inspired or you're driven or you're called or you're whispered in the ear of. And the mystic rectangles between Venus, Mars, Chiron, the North Node and between Jupiter, Neptune, and Juno, and Ceres. So they're... Um, one is a fire and air mystic rectangle, which is visionary, and the other is an earth and water uh, mystic rectangle, which is manifesting. So the eclipse has this juicy energy, and the next two weeks, as it goes towards the full moon, you want to deploy it. You want to say, okay, this is what I'm trying to get out there. And as the, you know, as the sun and the moon split up, the moon goes away from the sun, and he carries the message of the sun through all the chart over the next uh, month and visits every planet and says, hey, you know, we, we're going to be manifesting this. You ready? So kind of like watch what you, and of course with the Mercury-Saturn square in this chart, watch what you ask for. Ask in a positive visionary, you know, this is where I'm headed because it is eclipse energy. It is powerful. Please don't do any black magic on this if you do black magic. Uh, as, as the guy said, you know, the Magus would mark it out. But you can do, you know, my soul yearns for, my 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 heart's desire is, and I've had quite a few people manifest really good stuff on eclipses. The issue is they're unpredictable, and um, and and there's a lot of hoo ha about how unpredictable they are. But I find what they really are is they align us to our path, and they kind of get rid of the stuff that isn't on our path with the the meaning being that you're now working your path and they kind of cleared stuff out for you. And sometimes we're, we humans don't like it when stuff leaves. We just, you know, we kind of tend to get attached to our stuff. <laughs> and the eclipses come along and go, you don't need that anymore, do you? And you go, oh, wow. You know, so in my case... Um, I don't always get to things, you know. I'm, I mean, I have intention, but I don't get to them. So I have this lamp that I inherited. And when I first got my kitten, um, right after Rose started working here, Remo had, like, freaked out, and he ran, and he hit the lamp. And it's a gat, one of those lamps you put oil in, and it had a beautiful crystal on the top. And it fell off the piano and smashed, and the other one was fine. And you can't really yell at a cat when they're freaked out, because they're freaked out. So I put the glass aside, and I found a couple places on the internet and it required measuring it and ordering it and getting it in and for whatever reason 
it's been probably eight years, <laughs> and I still haven't done it. Um, but it's you know it kind of moves around in different places, right? So on Monday the cleaning lady came out and she said I broke the glass. I said what? She goes I broke the glass, and she kind of proceeds to describe it. At which point Rose says that's the glass that uh, when Remo the one that Remo broke. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the one I was going to order, I was going to measure and order the other one to replace it, which I never did. You know, it's like a hurricane top for the, the lamp. So now the glass is gone, right? So now technically I don't even need to order it because the, uh, the lamps now match. <laughs> the universe said, girl, we've been talking eight years to order this thing, and boom, it's gone, right? That kind of thing. That's what eclipses do. They just kind of go, I think we're done here. So honor what leaves. Honor and say, okay, my flip-flops fell apart. It popped open and part of it fell off and somebody taped it and stapled it together and I came home and I looked at it and I thought, I think I'm going to keep it. And then I thought, no, you're going to throw it away and it's a taped flip-flop. You do not need to have a taped flip-flop. There are other flip-flops in the closet, right? So watch what wants to leave. Watch what wants to come in and work with this energy really proactively, you know, because it's a very juicy today, tomorrow, nice moon in Virgo, good closing aspects. Um, the Libra moon has crappy aspects, so if you want to get rid of stuff, that's the week to do it. But it's a new moon of growth. We've already had two weeks, two eclipses that have been about getting rid of stuff. Let's use this one for growing positively. So today and tomorrow, the moon's in Virgo. Get your Get your... Uh, or pens out for the moon phases. Today and tomorrow, the moon's in Virgo, and it goes void on uh, Tuesday night at 12.37 a.m. with a trine to Mars. So think about that, moon in um, Virgo, trining Mars retrograde in Capricorn. Then it's void for about 20 minutes, and it enters Libra at 12.57 a.m. on the 14th. These are all Eastern times. It's in Libra Tuesday, Wednesday, and then it goes void at 3.56 a.m. on the 16th with a square to Mars. And then it's um, it enters Scorpio 4.54 a.m. an hour later on the 16th, and it's in Scorpio the 16th, the 17th, and the 18th it goes void at 11.07 a.m., um, with a sextile, remember it's in Scorpio, to Mars and Capricorn, going backwards. Um, the moon is then void for about an hour and 15 minutes, or an hour and 45 minutes, rather, from 11.07 to 12.45. Uh, on Saturday the 18th, <clears throat> and then it goes into Sagittarius, and it's in Sagittarius on Sunday, and on Monday, going void Monday night around uh, 7.47 p.m. Um, with a trine to the sun. So aside from the um, Libra days, the 14th and the 15th, which are days when things go with an argument or a fight, next week, fabulous for manifesting. And it's also a lot of earth and water. <coughs> and if you remember, there's a grand trine in earth in the sky. So when the moon goes into an earth, sign is really juicy and it's really in the mood to manifest. We also have a very short week in terms of aspects. Um, so it's actually a nice, it should be a nice uh, week uh, from that perspective. Um, we have the big events of the week are Mercury stationing to go direct, which happens next Sunday, the 19th. It goes direct um, at 11 Leo, 31. 
it's been retrograde for a while now, you know, and when Mercury's retrograde, of course, your ghosts come back. In this case, it's ghosts with eclipses. And it's also Mars retrograde, so a lot of old boyfriends or old partners or old girlfriends, old lovers, you've been hearing from them, people returning and saying, or hearing about them. Sometimes you don't hear of them, but you hear about them. And then, uh, or you think about them. You know, you'd be kind of thinking, you know, I wonder what happened to so-and-so. Um, I heard from someone I hadn't heard from in a while, and uh, we were talking, and I said, so, the Leo, she's like, gone. I'm like, okay. <laughs> now, probably no one else in her world would have said to her, so, the Leo. But I did, because I hadn't talked to her in a while. But from her perspective, nope, done. I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. means I can delete them from my files. Um I understand that there's a resonance, there's a desire to kind of wrap it up, to be clean about it, to have clean little packages and say, that's finished. So this week, with that Mercury stationing to go direct, we're going to start moving forward as of Sunday. And um, But this week is retrograde week, so it's an opportunity to hear from a lot of people and move forward. And, you know, I've had a lot of, um, in the last week or so, while Mercury's been retrograde, I've had a lot of people I hadn't seen or heard from in a while kind of stop back in after a few years, kind of get to catch up. Um, We also have Mars. Remember, he's going retrograde, but he enters Capricorn uh, this week, and he's going to be in Capricorn this week, next week, and the week after, the week of the 27th, when he stations to go direct on next Monday, the 27th, a week from, two weeks from now. But he's in Capricorn now. So as he enters Capricorn, he's going to go in and clean out some old stuff in Cap. He's been in Aquarius, got as high as nine, and now he's going in to clean out some Capricorn things where we're going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, let's clean that out. Uh, so this is the uh, this is the breaking of the old. <laughs> I always find Mars and Capricorn is the breaking of the old and the unneeded anymore because you're ready to, you know, you've served it for a while. This is when the handle falls off the pitcher. This is when, you know, the thing that, you know, it just kind of disintegrates in your hands. I remember one of my friends from uh, high school called, you know, her parents had passed, her father had passed, her mother had passed a while before, and they were clearing out the house, and, and she found the dress her mother wore to her wedding, right? So this was, you know, 30 years ago, I guess. And it was in it was like a polyester. She said, I picked it up and it just dissolved like dust in my hand and it had been in the attic, you know, cleaned in the box. And her mother had passed and she recognized, oh, that's the dress my mom wore to my wedding and p- turned into a pile of dust. And, of course, that husband had turned into a pile of dust. She goes, it's very metaphoric, you know. I'm like, yeah. So watch the Mars and Capricorn on a metaphoric level. Watch things turn to dust. I always loved Lent. You know, it's one of my favorite holidays. I don't know if holiday is the right word. But one of my favorite uh, ceremonies in the Catholic Church. Um, you go and you get a little cross on your forehead, a little black cross from ashes. happens the week before, Easter Sunday, when they burn the palms from the previous year. Um, or it happens on Ash... I'm sorry, it happens on Ash Wednesday. Um, but it, they're, what they do is they burn the palms from the Sunday before Easter. And they say, remember, man, that you are dust and unto dust you shall return. So as Mars goes back into Capricorn, um, you know, watch what turns to dust, or watch what you go, oh, wow, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's dust. That's, that's really done. That's really finished. 
and that understanding of how we all transform um, and how things transform on us when we we forget them when we you know you pick them up and the book is really old and the paper crumbles. Watch for that energy in your life and know that that is finished too, and you should release it and send it off into the send it off into the compost pile. There was an ad on Facebook for whatever reason. Facebook likes to give me ads, and they had a composting thing, and they showed you putting all your vegetables in, and then it comes out as dust. And I'm like, well, you know, that that really kind of appeals to me. And I thought, Ann, you do not need one more thing for your kitchen, <laughs> much less a composting box. That's for people with houses. But it was it was kind of cute. It had these little dust flakes, and I'm like, oh, you know, but, you know, I just ooh, I looked at that and I went ooh. But yeah, it turns to dust. You know, when you put the vegetables in the compost pile and they turn to dust. And fertilizer, really, for the next chapter. So watch for the dust and the fertilizer as the eclipses leave and say so long, farewell. We'll see you again in 19 years. Hopefully you figured out what you needed to figure out and you're good to go. Because we're moving on. Um, Next up, the uh, sun goes from... 22 Leo to 28 Leo this week uh, and he has a nice little clippity clippity clap um, he trines Vesta on the 15th encouraging you to clean out your house and he aspects Mercury inviting you to understand where you're committed or hanging out working with folks he has a trine to Eris on the 16th which is a little bit of the angry words uh, energy so we'll see what that is as it shows up, and then he has uh, biquintiles to Pluto, giving him a great deal of talents and skills, and that happens on the 18th. Uh, a lot of talents and skills, and also an opportunity for healing, as he has a biquintile to Chiron that day. Uh, Mercury, very slow, just kind of parked in the heavens at 11, and he does have a sextile to Venus on the 18th, uh, so that's usually good information that you're going to hear from somebody. And remember, Venus now is in Libra, so everybody's a little bit, a uh, little bit happier. They're not so waspish. Uh, Venus in Virgo is a little stingy, um, and that happened last week. And then Mercury stations to go direct on the 19th at 11:31, and then we we are finished with our ghost review, and he clears his shadow. I think on the 24th. Um, Venus is going from 5 Libra to 13 Libra, uh, and so she's got a lot of energy around the relationship areas of our life. And she has an aspect to the nodes of fate on the 12th, uh, where she's encouraging us to partner, create, work in a collaborative way. Again, of course, you've got the opportunity to do your new moon ritual with Venus trining the nodes of fate. Take advantage of it. Goddess of Love wants to give you what you want. Venus is also contraparallel Chiron on the 14th. So that's a lot about, you know, if you loved me, you know, about wounding through love, right? Now, I find a lot of times we get partners that wound us because they happen to land on our wound. They're just doing their thing, right? Hi, Max. They're just doing their thing, but they land on our wound. So we think, you know, wow, you just you just did that. You just wounded me again, but it's our wound. So with Venus contraparallel Chiron, this is an opportunity to see you picked a partner that mirrors, you know, that wounds your wound. 
so that that's on you, right? This is this whole personal responsibility thing. And also when they do that, under, understanding that your wound is being triggered. Now, of course, we've all been triggered like crazy over the last couple of weeks, last four weeks. But what it was for was for us to see. So I had one client, and she's like, he's triggering my abandonment wounds. So I'm like, I totally get it. You're triggering his early childhood wounds. You're, he's triggering your abandonment wounds. That's what relationships do. The premise is we're in a crucible that we feel safe in, which allows us to grow and fix the wound, or at least look at it and understand it from a different perspective so that we uh, can work with it in a new way. So that's this week on the 14th, an understanding of the wounds and an understanding of how to work with them. Venus is quintile Vesta, which gives us a lot of opportunity for changing and fixing and adjusting the home. And Venus is also parallel Neptune on the 19th. And that Venus parallel Neptune is, for good or for bad, you're either going to go the dream is alive or you're going to go the dream is dead. <laughs> and maybe the dream is dead and then there's a new dream coming. You know, it can be both. You know, it can be in multiple places. Remember, Venus rules your Libra and your uh, Taurus houses, and Neptune rules your um, Pisces house. So those areas are combining to say, here's the dream, and now it has shifted, changed, or moved. As we spoke, Mars is um, stationary, uh, moving backwards, and he hits, he's not not stationary, he's moving backwards and he enters Capricorn, and that happens on August 12th at 10 at night, 10, 13 at night, and then he's in Capricorn through the end of the month. Um, Jupiter is trying to Neptune, uh, and that happens on um, August 19th. Now this is our um, our third of three. So this is about the dream. I had to think for a second there. Um, Jupiter trines Neptune. He's been in back and forth in, Pis- in Scorpio. And Neptune, of course, is in Pisces. So the two of them have a dream or a vision or a hope or a idea. And they're in a creative mode. And they're forming kites to the Grand Trine in Earth, by the way. Um, two separate kites. So now they're working together. They're collaborating. So it's really a big energy about what's the dream. And I do want you thinking about that this week. You know, as we work with this eclipse energy going towards the full moon, it sends out a two-and-a-half-year cycle. Because it's on the nodes of fate, it's a 19-year cycle. This is a biggie, so give yourself permission to dream big. It doesn't have to know how. You don't have to worry about why. You just have to go, this is my dream. And just kind of write it down, put it on a piece of paper somewhere, ground it in earth so that you can check back and say, oh, wow, look, it did come in. Um, Saturn this week is in early cap, going still going backwards, uh, and he is he's at three and two, fifty nine, and he has a sesquiquadrate to Athena, and he has a sesquiquadrate to Juno. Remember, he's involved in those hammers of Thor in the sky, one of them with Juno as the handle, and one of them with um, Pallas Athena as the handle. So that's when those perfect the hammers I talked about in the eclipse. Uh, the eclipse that we have in the sky, they perfect on the 12th and the 13th, inviting us to kind of, you know, see what the structures are we want to shift and change, uh, because we do want to shift and change some stuff. Uh, Pluto is uh, running 19 cap, and he is uh, trying to series, which is making that grand trine in Earth about really being productive. And then he that happens on the 13th, and then he trines Juno, and that happens on the 17th. So the Grand Trine in Earth is really active between the 
uh, between the 13th and the 17th. He's a lot about manifesting. And he also has an inconjunct to Pallas Athena, which takes place on the 15th, where he goes, oh, if I want to manifest that, I see how I have to change my patterns or my behavior, or I see what needs to be adjusted. So this is also a big week for adjusting things um, and kind of moving them into a new place. And then last but not least, uh, Ceres has an aspect to the nodes of fate, a stressful one, on the 16th where she's um, she's working with the... Uh, She's working with the nodes of fate in a in a slightly uh, stressed out manner, right? And so, you know, it's it's, it's the adage: be careful what you wish for; you're going to get it, right? You know, so being being conscious of what's the energy I'm trying to create, conscious of where we want to go with this, what does it feel like, where is it, where is it calling me? Um, all those questions, all part and parcel of this new moon eclipse. But do take time today, Sunday, tomorrow, Monday. And uh, do a little manifesting. Do a little visionary work. Do a little vision board. Do a uh, talk to your friends. Talk to your partners. Talk to your lovers. Uh, partners and lovers can be combined. Um, <laughs> talk to your, you know, spouse, and say, hey, you know, what? I, or your siblings. Let's say you want to do something with your siblings. Excellent week to kind of put in place the seeds of the dreams. They're not going to grow right away, but they're going to—they're in there. They're universe paying attention, listening, paying attention to see if you were listening too. So hopefully you were. Hopefully you liked the new time slot. Everybody voted. Nobody voted for night. So all the people this is kind of like the elections. There were no votes for night. The people that turned out voted for morning. So we're going to shift. We're going to shift to the morning, and I wish you all a great week and uh, lots of fun out there. Uh, it should be a good one. Take care. Bye bye.